Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. I like that first hymn that we sang today, The Bible Stands. Indeed, the Bible stands. The Bible is our word. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, with today's society, it's become diluted. It's become watered down by the way people think that they should have it their way. That is not the Bible. This is the Bible. Hence, we read today from the book of Mark, the 10th chapter, beginning with the second verse. And the Pharisees came up in order to test him, asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. And Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let man not separate. And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. This is the gospel reading of our Lord. As I talked about a little bit ago, the Bible is the authority on the way we're supposed to live out our lives. But unfortunately, people have transformed themselves out of the light and into the darkness. Part of the reading that I'm going to talk about today is going to be, I'm going to call it my uh-oh sermon. Because it's going to get down to the basics of the way the society is acting and they should not be. But we have grown accustomed to accepting it or have an open mind or that's okay of an attitude when it clearly says in the Bible, no, it's not. One of the things that we have seen and heard about is about transgender individuals. And it's becoming more and more of an issue as society accepts it. It's just one of those symptoms about the fierce spiritual battle that is at work and raging here in America. It is a battle that is capturing hearts and minds of young people. And they're being deceived into believing it's okay. That they can be whatever gender they want, be whatever they want to be, it's okay. The Bible provides the only true foundation for our thinking. Starting with God's word, we know that gender was created by God. 
In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. It's unfortunate that sin has crept so much into the world that it has deceived us, including gender. We're having issues in our society about it's, it's splitting families apart. Yes, we need to have compassion on these individuals, but at the same time, we cannot condone what they are doing. The Bible stands. The Bible is the Word of God. Their behaviors and their choices, they may think is okay, but yet it's just another sin that's going on. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to. But with temptation will also be made the way of escape, that you'll be able to bear it. People have said, well, I'm no longer male. I'm going to become a female now. No, that is not right. That is not what the, that's not the way you were created by the Almighty God. And people are getting accustomed to the sinful style of life. They need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to stand up for what is right, what is clearly written in the scriptures. They need to become a new creation. In 1 Corinthians it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covenants, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. That's quite a list, isn't it? But we have seemed to say, oh, that's okay. But it clearly says, no. And such as was some of you, he says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. And in 2 Corinthians it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation is held. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. It's a struggle. And I tell you what, folks, it's not going to get any easier. It's not going to go away. Because too many people in the pulpit will not preach a message like this for fear of offending somebody, for fear that they're, they're going to lose some friends. You may think that it's odd today, but it has happened in the past. Here's an interesting quote from Judges 21-25. In those days there was no king in Israel, Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Isn't that what's going on today? 
Everybody's doing right. What's in their own eyes, not through the eyes of Jesus Christ. We Christians need to boldly preach God's word and that is the truth. We need to tell this generation that they're living in sin, that that is not right. They tell us, oh, have an open mind or be politically correct or we need, need, you need to be concerned about offending someone or hurting someone's feelings. Genesis 1.27, male and female, he created them. Genesis 5.2, he created them, male and female. Mark 10.16, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Matthew 19.4, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? How much simpler can it be? And the list can go on and on. We're not saving any souls by being inclusive or simply by welcoming in the godless. On the contrary, they are infiltrating the churches. And we've seen that happen in certain denominations where they have changed the laws. You can invite every homosexual, transgender, pro-choice, coexistent liberal on your block to church, but not one will be saved unless they come to the truth. In the book of James 4.4, he says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes him an enemy of God. Or how about the book of 2 Timothy 3.1.3? But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. Well, there's a lot at stake there. As Christians, we are constantly faced with temptation and the attacks of the world around us. Everything we see, everything we do, everything we digest affects us somehow. And that's why it's so important to maintain a relationship, a close relationship with God. We have to put aside our old ways and put on the new ways. In Acts 26, 18, he says, Open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of the Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Didn't I not say this is one of those oh-oh sermons? That's exactly what it is. And if I end up, say, losing a position because of it, I don't care. Because it is the truth. And it's the only way. Because that's what it says. I'm not making these words up. That's what it says in the Bible. Unfortunately, society has diluted it, watered it down, saying, no, 
We can do it this way. There are two groups of people who are described as terms of opposites throughout the Bible. Those who live in darkness and those who live in light. Those with eternal life, those with eternal death. Those who have peace with God and those who are at war with him. Those who believe the truth and those who believe the lies. Those on the narrow path to salvation and those on the broad road to destruction. And there's many more to follow. Clearly, the message of the scriptures is that believers are completely different from non-believers. The Bible story about the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah is a terribly sad story that reminds us about how much God hates sin. During the time of Abraham, three angels came to visit him, and two of the angels decided to go to visit Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord told Abraham that he was going to destroy the cities because of the people's sin. God also told Abraham that he would spare the people and not destroy them if they could find ten people who were righteous. When the two angels arrived in Sodom and Gomorrah, a man named Lot invited them to stay at his home. Some men from the city came to Lot's home demanding to be given the two visitors so they could have sex with them. Lot, trying to defend and protect the angels, offered his own virgin daughters in their place. But as these angry men tried to break into the house, the angels struck the men blind and then led Lot and his family out of the city. Now comes also the part of obedience to God. As Lot's family led Sodom and Gomorrah, God rained down burning sulfur unto the city. All men, animals, and vegetation was destroyed, and the angels warned Lot and his family not to look back. But his wife did not listen and was immediately turned into a pillar of salt when she looked back. Obedience is important in God. God requires us to be obedient to Him and not to the things of this world. How bad is it getting? Oh, it's getting bad, and it's going to get worse. Unless we take a stand, and we take a stand now. Right here in America, in Washington, D.C., they recently joined Oregon to become the first jurisdiction in the United States to recognize a third gender on state-issued driver's license. They now offer F for female, M for male, and X for non-binary or specific, non-specific gender. California is also considering the same thing. It's contrary to God's law. It's contrary to what's written in the scriptures. Satan is having a field day with this transgender revolution in this nation and throughout the world. And the thing is that we're not putting up a fight. We're just saying, that's okay. Or we avoid it. We don't want to create conflict. We don't want to go down that road. 
You want more proof? How about Deuteronomy 22.5? A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an admonition to the Lord your God. How about Leviticus 18.22? You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an admonition. Bottom line is there's no middle ground. You either stand with God or you stand with the world. And Christians have to decide where they're going to stand. The book of Proverbs has a few verses on believers befriending non-believers. The righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. We should stay away from the foolish people, from people who lose their temper easily, and from the rebellious. All these represent those who have not been saved. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteous and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? There is going to be turmoil. There will be conflict. And it's going to happen. We have to have the nerve to be able to stand up for what is right. And as I was thinking about that nerve, I was reminding myself about when I climbed the water tower in Groton. We have two levels in the water tower. We have the, the basically around the base of the water tower, where I have, we have some show lights that's shown on the uh, uh, artwork that we had. This was the old tower. And then, of course, we have the peak that's up on top. And up on top, there's a couple of red lights. Well, the red lights had burned out, and one of the show lights, I call them, had burned out. So I climbed up to the first level, fixed that light, then I looked up there to the top. I didn't quite have the nerve to climb up that day. I thought, oh, I should go up there and do it. I just didn't have the nerve, so I came back down. A couple months later, another one of the show lights burned out, so I grabbed my two bulbs for the top peak and one for the show lights there, climbed up, fixed the show light. Looked up there again, I thought... I wonder what it's like up there. Actually, it's been a while since I've been there. So I climbed up to the up to where the roof is at. And everything is caged in. And I looked up there and oh, it's all caged in all the way to the peak. Well, that won't be so bad. I'm protected. So I climbed all the way to the peak, top, very peak of the water tower, you know, very top, strapped off, changed out my two bulbs so the red lights worked. The cage and I plus have my harness on is there to protect me. It reminds us that when we get into a conflict, God is there to protect us as well. He'll give you the words necessary to say what needs to be said. God is your refuge. Don't get into this world of Satanism that wants to rule by the way we feel, by the way we look, by society rules. You know, society has now decided the rules of living instead of God. Society is just basically taking over, away from God. You know, many people have been saved because of prayer. So if we know somebody, we need to pray for them. 
Evangelism is reaching out to people. Now, I know this will be published on our podcast site. And some people may say, hey, that was a good sermon. And if you think it's a good sermon, then I challenge you to share it with other people. To let other people hear the fact that this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Holy Bible is what it says. The way you were created, the way you were born is who you are, not who you're trying to be. It is all contrary to God's word. Share it, spread it, exclaim it. We need to take a stand and we need to take a stand now. Get the nerve to stand up for what is right. God says, this is the way you were made. God says, these are the rules and the regulation. God says, this is the holy word of God, of him. God says, this is the way it's supposed to be. After all, it is our salvation that is at risk. It is their salvation that is at risk. We're not just talking about this lifetime. We're talking about the life that is yet to come. Someone may say, well, that's, that's going to create a conflict in the family if, if we talk about that or do that. Doesn't it say in the Bible that's what is going to happen in the last days, that there will be conflict in families because of his name's sake, because of people professing of who he is? It does say that in the Bible, that families, there'll be woman against daughter and son against father and, and so forth. All of that is going to happen because of his namesake, because you are taking a stand on what is right. This is the gospel of our Lord. This is the good news. This talks about our ability to be forgiven. God will forgive. And even though maybe people have strayed, they can still come back to God. And God will still accept them. He'll bring them back and say, yes, you are one of the lost sheep out there. I welcome you back as the child that I created you to be. It's time to take a stand. This world, I, I don't understand sometimes how people can say or act the way they do. But it does come down to friendship. Human friendship. It comes down to fellowship with your family, with your friends. You don't want to lose that friendship with somebody that you know. You don't want to compromise the friendship that I need is with Jesus Christ because that's what's going to save me for everlasting life. My friendship with human beings is limited. Friendship with God is eternal. Make every opportunity that you have if someone says, well, I'm going to change, I'm going to go from male to female, say, 
But that's not the way God created you. God created you this way. Why do you want to change? Oh, I think my brain is all messed up and so forth, so I'm going to change. No. Your brain is not all messed up. What's happening is that the, the things of this world are getting into your brain and messing it up for you. Let God get into your brain and straighten you out. Let God come into your brain and say, Hey, you are my child. With you, I am well pleased. As the Father said to Jesus Christ, and God is saying to us. Professing Christians have allowed the gospel of Jesus Christ to be watered down. It's time to take a stand. It's time to have a revival of sorts start. Where can it start? It can start right here. It can start right now. It can start as soon as you get home. I know people will say, hey, that was a good sermon. Okay, and so what are you going to do about that? Are you going to share it? Are you going to you know, put it on your Facebook page or something? Let other people hear it? Know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for them? Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And there you go, compromising yourself, your standards for society instead of for God. The spiritual battle is ongoing. There is a battle going on for your soul. Allow the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Father, to work inside of you, to keep you where you are with his love for, for God. God loves us, and he wants to be with us, and he wants us to basically go out and say, the time is now. Don't compromise. Don't give in. Don't say, oh, that's okay. Don't try to be politically correct. Don't, don't worry about losing friends. Yeah, you probably might lose some friends here and there. It happens. I only care about Jesus Christ. Because he's my friend. Friend from day one until I die, and, well, until I fall asleep, and then I'll be wakened up again. And I'll be a friend with him forever. That's my true friend. He will never let me down. And he'll never let you down as well. Amen. May the grace of God which surpasses our understanding keep our hearts and our minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.